Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. And we're thrilled with off-season for football. It gives us some time to have some special guests. And this week, we have a very special guest, uh, not just here for the Cowboys, although he dominates Cowboys news, but for the Mavericks, so we're a little ill-timed. Uh, Mike Fisher, the man about town in Dallas, who is plugged into all of Dallas sports. What happened to the Mavs? They're down 0-3. You know, the Dallas Cowboys, who I've covered for 33 years going on now, I'm an observer of. The Dallas Mavericks, I'm a fan of, in, in addition to what we do at DallasBasketball.com with Sports Illustrated. And so I get to put on my fan hat, and of course I was at the game last night, and I'm in press row, so I can't express my anger, disappointment, and frustration. I mean, I can just do a little, I can move my fist like this much is all I can do. But they are getting out-talented is what's happening. Uh, the, the fourth best guy on that roster, Warriors, would be the second best guy on this roster. So it's Luka and a bunch of try-hard guys against, um, is on some nights, four Lukas, really. Mm, interesting. So uh, nothing to do with anything else but talent. Uh, from what you see, Luka, the calf injury is not a lingering issue. I mean, yeah. offensively, I don't think it is. Defensively, I don't know that he's ever been great. So, uh, Right. Um, you know, Jason Kidd, uh, who's a, a, been a friend of what we've done here for a long time, his very first press conference here, he announced how he had learned as a Lakers assistant how important defense is. And I said to him after that press conference, I said, you know, that's great. I said, but the personnel here doesn't fit what your desire is. Well, uh, they, they obviously made some changes uh, and made some additions. And now this, this roster does usually at least give effort on defense, something that didn't happen previously. So you're right, Luca's not built to be a great defender. Um, but he, he's got, not unlike Jason Kidd at the end of his career, he's got a big body and he knows how to use it defensively, uh, and he'll go and score 40 points on you, and yet it's still not enough. So, so the Mavs are done. They don't have the talent. Maybe they'll win game four for pride, but they're, they're done. So are you going to get, a, get into a text or Twitter brawl with uh, Mark Cuban now? Uh, I've had, and... Uh, I, I'm so old that I was friends with Cuban when he was only a millionaire. That's that. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he is very invested, obviously, not just financially, but emotionally, too. So I think over the course of the last, uh, since 1995, we've been friends. So that's a long time. I think he's fired me like three times over the course of t the last 35 years. I'm like, or 30, whatever. And I go, Mark, I don't even work for you. You can't, I know you're mad, but you can't fire me. I didn't do anything. Uh, <laughs> so he will, uh, I, I, I believe, pour his passion now into trying to make the Mavericks better. And uh, they, are on, they are on the lip of the cup. I think that's fair to say. They are um, a, a couple roster moves away from being a perennial contender to get to the Western Conference Finals. And uh, they've come a long way, baby, from where they were three years ago. So that'll get you back into good Mark's good graces. That that's right, right there. But uh, but I, I I kind of enjoy how he uh, wears his heart in his sleeve, and he got into it with that rapper in the Phoenix series, and now the referees and the NBA and the sideline stuff, and uh, it's 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 entertaining from from our perspective, my perspective. Well, and when you when you do what I do for a living, and you do uh, do it where I do it, you get Mark Cuban and Jerry Jones. And in terms of, of 
both contributing to and absolutely understanding the soap, uh, the, the soap operatic aspect of sports. There's no two owners in the history of sport that get it better than these two, and I got them right here in my backyard. Oh, that's that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Now, explain this to me. I, look, I know you as a huge Cowboys guy, and, and, and by the way, I don't know if you know this, Mike, but and I and I, I know you as Fish Sports, right? Probably everyone knows yeah. you as that's fine. As, fish is as fine. That. When <laughs> fish, when I the first time I ever heard about you, you know, I was new to this Twitter world and space and whatever, and it might even have been a Tony Romo injury of some sort, and a national reporter like like the biggest were like saying. Their information was a little bit different than yours. They were calling me to try and get some medical interpretation. And I said, well, who is this fish guy? He goes, oh, no, he's, he's plugged in. He, and, and that's one thing I found about your stuff is, like, usually the national guys and the, are really plugged in very well, top to bottom. And, you know, blow by blow, they usually do a lot better than the local guys. Uh, in terms of the news, but not in your case. Like you're plugged in. This this national guy was like saying, "No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm worried that what Fish has is correct because you're on the ground." And so, compliments to you. Well, that's flat, very flattering from you, and flattering from whoever this mystery person is. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I will say this about. And again, I've been I've been doing this for forty years. Uh, uh, and I and I and I don't. I look pretty good for a ninety year old man who's been doing it this long. Ian Rappaport. I, I think is a great example of somebody he's working hard every day to get every exact thing right. And to do that for 32 teams uh, is an unbelievable challenge. And, and I think he succeeds at it. Otherwise though, I think it's really hard. Uh, I mean, I just cover, you know, I mean, I, I have my focus now with sports illustrated and our, you know, the things we do, the projects we do, it's obviously grown, but I have a lot of people that work with me and, and help me do what I do and, and inform me and stuff. But if you just take the Cowboys, uh, I, I, that's my main focus. Whereas Ian's got to focus kind of equally on 32. And so to meet that challenge for the guys at that level, uh, when they do, it's impressive. At the same time, there's nothing quite like boots on the ground. And I know you agree with that. There, you know, you, you, the team that you know, the thing that you know, um, we, we, a couple of us joke around here when somebody questions what I say about what's happening at the Star, remember where I live. I mean, the stars like right there. I mean, I literally live here. And so, and I'm there every day. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean I get everything right. And it certainly doesn't mean I get everything first. Um, but but it's, it's a focus that, that I think helps me compete with, you know, the Rappaports and those guys who are just outstanding at what they do. And then on the flip side of it, and I have great respect for somebody who's, you know, the, the old joke used to be, you know, blogging from mother's basement. Uh, and of course, in Texas, we don't even have basements. So nobody even knows what I'm talking about. And I don't mean that disrespectfully when I say there, there is a place for the blogger, but the blogger who's never stepped foot in, in a locker room here or on the practice field or, or in the press box, he, he, can't do the, he can do a great thing, but he can't do the same great thing that the beat writer does. Well, I want to expand on that for a second because, you know, obviously we haven't talked about where we're, where we're even going on this podcast, but uh, I do want to expand on that because it does relate to my world a little bit. But And I also don't like keeping secrets from, from uh, listeners and so forth. So I'll say who the guy was only because I didn't say it first because I was like, you know, maybe he wants it private. Like if you and I have a conversation, 
you know, by phone or text. Well, maybe. I expect yeah. it to be private, right? And yeah. and not throwing him a bus, but since you're so complimentary of, of him, it, it was Ian Rappaport who was complimentary well. of you. So, I mean, that's who it was. <laughs> so since you have this mutual respect and love, I, I think it's okay for, for me to say that. I wasn't trying to, to hide that. Well, and look at, let's, let's spend a minute on him. He could have just done, what, what so many people in this industry do is just shoot it down. Since I didn't get it first, shoot it down or ignore it. Uh, both of which I think are a bastardization of how this is supposed to work. If somebody else breaks a story, listen, how many, how many people call themselves cowboy beat writers? Because when I first got here in 1990, there was like five of us. Well, now there's 5,000 people that consider the cowboys their beat. So how can I possibly break every story? How can Ian or Jane Slater, who's terrific, possibly break every story? Can't be done. So let's acknowledge that somebody else got a great piece of information and then let's try to build on it. And, and Ian is really good at, at giving credit uh, to the local guy. And while we're at it, Mark Stein uh, in the NBA is the best at it. Mark Stein references DallasBasketball.com all the time on Mavericks coverage because it would be dishonest not to, in part. And Stein and Rappaport are two, uh, two honest men and good friends, and I appreciate them. No, I, I think that you're, you're right about that. So your, your comment about boots on the ground and, and knowing a certain thing, that's the struggle that I have now with Pro Football Doc becoming Sports Injury Central. Look, I've right. worked in the NBA, uh, but not to the extent of the NFL. I've yeah. worked in Major League Baseball, but not to the extent of the NFL, which is why we've brought on you know, the Chicago Bulls doctor and the Houston Rockets doctor and actually a former Texas Rangers doctor because they were boots on the ground in those sports as we expand to all sports, as you see we're doing basketball. And I have to admit, I'm still probably better at football than I am basketball in terms of getting people back. Like I, I thought Luca would come back sooner than everyone was saying. I thought he had a chance that very first series and you know it was a little longer than i thought but you know it's just harder when when you aren't on the ground or in the trenches or having done it and then you mentioned the bloggers and so forth there's a lot of medical personnel whether it's doctors primary care or orthopedists or physical therapists or whatever right. kind of in this injury analysis speculation space now and and i'm proud of it because i think we sort of made a market um, too, yeah i always say if uh, if Tesla is the only electric vehicle on the market, it's a concept that doesn't work. Tesla just has to be the best one and keep striving at it. The fact right. that there are others means the concept is good. And I think that's the advantage I have is that having worked in pro sports, you see through some of the curtains and different things, whereas right. a, quote, blogger from whatever basement or penthouse, whatever you want to say, doesn't have that advantage. And that's kind of right. what you're talking about. Well, first of all, you understand not only the medical lingo, obviously, but you also understand, as you're saying, the, the lingo of the curtain. You know, what, what, when they say this, they probably mean that. I think you've done a great job on two levels. One, first you carved out a niche. And then you made it a pie. And, and now other people have a piece of what was your pie, but I think you were the creator as far as I know. Then the other thing, and I know sometimes people will take a shot at you on this, I think you would do a great job of framing what you're saying. You are not sitting there on the sideline of the Jets-Packers game when you're commenting on an ankle injury. You are doing your best from your perspective 
uh, using your wealth of knowledge while never claiming anything more than exactly what you say. And again, I, I think there's something very ethical about doing it the way you do it. And it's uh, and the rest of your pie should be striving for the same. Well, I, I appreciate that. You know, uh, I, we liked, we kept stats that we're, when we make a firm call that we're in the 90s, 95% correct. But that means we're wrong all the time. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, I was flattered. We actually had the old takes exposed guy on the podcast last week. Yeah. And I was actually flattered the first time I got, quote, freezing cold taped, you know, <laughs> like on something. I'm like, hey, that sounds like a big time thing if I'm getting quoted that way. And But the other thing I try, we try and do here is we don't try and be sensationalistic. We try and no, right. tell it as, it as it is, never too high, never too low. And, yeah. and we don't honestly try and break a lot of stories. Like, for example... I guess he's in, moving on to Cowboys because of Dallas, the Mavs, you know, they, they are where they are. But like one story that we, you know, kind of underplayed, and I don't know how much it's played in Dallas. I get that Blake Jarwin is no longer officially a Cowboy. Right. But he's not playing football again. Yeah. I saw Michael Gelkin report that he had a hip resurfacing procedure, which is like uh, inserting metal in, and because of the avian and his hip that's almost bo jackson-esque in terms yeah. of the hip replacement right. he's not playing football again and uh but we're not trying to scream that from the mountaintop and try and hurt his chances going forward if he is still trying to do something well that's an interesting perspective because that's where you aren't that's what you're a journalist but not you're a journalist but but you're a doctor um, listen, as long as when, when you get 90% of your things right, as long as I don't come to you and you tell me I need brain surgery when I don't, I, I don't, I don't care if you get a toe wrong once in a while. I can tolerate a wrong toe <laughs> diagnosis on the internet. That's fine. Well, but here's the thing. Look, if I were diagnosing a player and people say, oh, you got that diagnosis wrong. I always say, yeah. I'm not diagnosing. No. Diagnosing means I examined. I looked at MRIs. I looked at x-rays. And that right. rate should be 99.9, .9, if not 100, right? I right. mean, no question. This is uh, opinion. I'm, uh, you know, giving an opinion of an athlete from afar, not right. an examination. And, and that's kind of what, what we... Uh, try and uh, do a little bit here yeah so the high but by the way the, the the highest educated opinion available it's not unlike I look at this way when now we have referees that are in the broadcast booth we call it we bring in the ref he that's the best opinion you can get and even he's not getting them right of course on these calls nobody's getting them right it's a, a flip of the coin and a guess but yeah, no, I think your audience fully understands exactly what you're gonna do now Twitter is there, there's gonna be three trolls you're going, to have, you're going to have three trolls and haters, no matter how many followers you have. And, uh, and I'm learning as I, as I mature, I'm learning to just, just quit arguing with people. Just, just give the information and tell them where they can find more. And if you, if you don't like it or you don't like my hair or you want to make fun of my chin or whatever you want, I don't care. Who cares? Yeah, I, I agree. By the way, how could you not like my hair? What are we talking about here? Yeah, I, I will tell you this, that, that I actually... Sometimes I don't see all the comments, but yeah. sometimes when I get the feeling that they're not a troll and they're willing to have a discussion, sure. I actually go back with the discussion. And I think nine times out of 10, we end up seeing eye to eye, either agreeing to differ or, or what have you. And so sometimes I like it, but some guys it's not worth arguing with. Now let's go yeah. back to one thing, Mike, you said you're a fan of the Mavericks. 
Yeah. But you weren't covering the Cowboys. Give me, so who are you a fan of? Give me the distinction there. Well, I grew up in Minnesota, and so um, I'm the oldest of six kids, and I'm the only one that doesn't have a Viking head guy tattooed on their ankle because that seemed like it hurts, and so I don't go for that. So it's a, it's a Viking family. Um, but then in my NFL travels, I, the first team I covered was the Broncos. I, I did John Elway's rookie year, which was my rookie year. Um, and they went to two Super Bowls. I went to the 49ers in 88-89. They went to two Super Bowls. And then I came to Dallas in 1990. And a couple of years later, obviously, they'd gone to three Super Bowls. At which point, Doc, I, I kind of thought it was me. I kind of thought maybe I was a six-foot-one rabbit's foot that somebody ought to just bring to Cleveland or someplace so they can go ahead and win a Super Bowl. But... Uh, I, I still obviously have my Viking fandom. And because you get to know the Cowboys so well, there's, there's individuals that I, I wish well for. Is that a sentence? There's individuals for whom I wish well, or, or some sentence like that. Um, but you, you have to resist the, the temptation to, to have a team now. And that's why you know, I, I do allow myself to wear an unusual hat. With you know, the NBA, that's my one. That's my one little thing that I allow myself to do. I, I have fun hating the Lakers, uh, and I have fun liking the Mavericks. And I, I, I think I've owed, I owe myself that. I've earned it. Well, I think that's fine and fun. People think that, for example, that um, even when I was working with the Chargers, that I was this biggest Chargers fan. Yeah. And I was, but I wasn't in this sense. I'm still a Chargers fan because of the people that still work in that building. Right. I'm a fan of people like, yeah. you know, when uh, you you name it, when uh, Rodney Harrison played with the Patriots, as long as the Patriots weren't playing us, I became a Patriots fan. When yeah. you name the, the person, uh, you know, when Philip Rivers went to Indianapolis, I was a Colts fan that year. Yeah, um, yeah. It, you're you root for people. And even when I was working with the team and even now, I don't know that I was a fan of the bolt per se. It was the organization and the people in it and a uh, fan of people and, and players. So when I watch a game, besides just doing injuries, my rooting interest is, oh, uh, I, I know that coach. I like him. I wish him well or that sure. player or something, whichever right. team has. Like, I rooted for the Rams hard in the Super Bowl because of Eric Weddle. I mean, that was an easy right. one for me. Okay, and Doc, even in my job, uh, or, or if you're covering the White House or what, whatever, way more important and serious than, than what I do, True objectivity is impossible. You, nobody's truly, you can't cover the Cowboys and be in the locker room every year and at least not be empathetic when Dak Prescott's ankle bone comes shoving out of his skin. And so it's the same thing if you, if you cover the White House and you know, you're probably a voter and you either voted for him or didn't, therefore you have an innate bias and you do your best to to keep a lid on it. But uh, true objectivity is a lie. We, we, all, we all have our leanings. We all have people we like. We all have people we don't like. That's why like the Hall of Fame voting is so hysterical to me. Well, we don't let personal feelings come in. What are you talking about? You absolutely let personal feelings come into it. That, that athlete that was cooperative with you, that was nice to you, that gave you the time of day, you are more likely to vote for him than some guy that uh, dropped his pants on you one day in the locker room and urinated on you. And I won't mention who that was that used to do that to people. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing that that guy is in the Hall of Fame because, because no media person he ever dealt with enjoyed the experience. 
So, and I, I don't want to even talk more about him, but uh, you, you can't be unbiased, not really, uh, uh, but you try, but, not, but, but there's a limit. I, I have a guess on that, but I'll let it go. Yeah, I let it go. Um, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit Cowboys here in terms of storylines from last year going into this year. And I'll let you pick which way to go. Uh, Dak Prescott, you know, the early coming off the ankle, which we said would be fine, the early season shoulder, then the calf. Was he 100% or not? And how did it affect his abilities? Zeke Elliott, who then said, you know, it was an MCL, then he said he had a PCL. Uh, now, is it is it Tony Pollard? Is it Zeke? Is Zeke still the guy? Uh, you know, uh, your left tackle, who's had his medical issues on and off. Uh, your new draft pick uh, with the uh, Blount's disease and bow-legged. We can go any direction you want. Uh, what All do you got well, for us or breaking news or you, you, you take it? Let's go in the order you just did it because it's a quarterback league, so you start with Dak Prescott. This is um, and and Blake Jarwin, not Blake Jarwin, uh, um, uh, the wide receiver coming off of uh, AC Michael, Michael, Michael Gallup. Gallup. Yeah. yeah, coming off. Of is AC he going to be yeah. ready or not? Yeah. <clears throat> all right, let's bang through these. So first of all, Dak Prescott and I said this when they were doing the contract negotiations. I will pay if it's forty million dollars. I will pay him thirty to be a player and ten to be a a mensch. He 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 is just an outstanding person to 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 be the representative of the Dallas Cowboys, to be the CEO, CEOP player of the Dallas Cowboys. He's perfect for it. And that that should count. Uh, the, the, you know, you don't like that he didn't make this pass or you don't like that he didn't make that decision. That's all That's all matters, but this thing matters too. So the, the money is going to be fine. Um, I, I think you're right about the, the shoulder wasn't a thing. Um, I believe this. In fact, I should have run this by you before I... I did run it by him, and he didn't disagree. You get your ankle shoved out of your skin, right? And your rehab goes... The surgery's fine, eventually. The rehab's... Everything's great. But don't you change your gait, Doc, just this much. You, just the way your body moves changes this much. Okay. Now, you go for the first seven games of the year, and you look like an MVP. You're good. Then you blow out your calf. And it's not torn or anything. It's just you, whatever he did to it in the Patriots game. Well, now you rehab from that. Now your gate, now it's changed this much and this much. And the next thing you know, your, your, body, your body science is off this much and this much. And then the ball goes that way. And I brought that up with him because he talked to me about this, uh, this company he works with that works on his balance and all that. And he's, he didn't dismiss my, my extremely uh, scientific and medical theory that, that his gait changed twice. And next thing you know, his passing was a little less accurate. Yeah, and, and I'd even go a, a, a half step, pardon the pun, further <laughs> in that early preseason latissimus dorsi strain may have been because of the altered mechanics of how he was throwing right. the football. And yes, it wasn't a huge deal, but it was a lot bigger than a nothing, right? Because he yeah. missed a good part of the preseason uh, right. as a result of that. And that's Knee bone connected the to the ankle bone, connected to the shoulder bone. Sometimes yeah. connected. I, I, every time I have to talk about Dak Prescott, I, I, I appreciate what you say about him. I have never actually met him. Oh, don't yeah. know anything about him, but yeah. I have the utmost respect for him just because in a time of crisis i don't know if justin can show it again here or not but when he got hurt 
I was so impressed with him, not only because it was an obvious ankle fracture dislocation, anyone could have told you that. Look, when the knee bone, when the kneecap is pointed north and your toes are pointed due east, yeah. obviously uh, something's not right. But if you go back and look at it, not to gross anybody out, he does this. His ankle and his foot is obviously broken off to the side. Does he crying for help? Is he doing anything? And we made him a beast of the week on our podcast for this. He calmly picks up his leg, slams his ankle into the ground to try and straighten try it. Try and fix it. It straightens a little <laughs> bit and then falls back out. And then he calmly turns and says, yeah, okay, you better uh, yeah. come and do something. And I was like, wow, that was uh, – I was – it, look, in a time of crisis, I mean, that's some calm under fire there. I, I, I have to hand it to him. All right. There's a couple of things. And I'm not saying this doesn't exist in other cities. It does. But in Dallas, because of the legacy, well, there was Eddie LeBaron and there was Don Meredith and Tony Romo's in there and Danny White's in there. But Roger and Aikman sets the standard for what you must be. And not yet with Super Bowls. But in terms of the way he conducts himself, Dak Prescott meets the standard. Uh, in this town, in this city, when, they, when, when some charity wants to raise money, they call Roger and Troy. Boom, boom. Now they call Roger, Troy, and Dak. Now, again, is it, does this win you football games? First, first of all, I think it does. I think that the other guys in the locker room rally around you if you're that kind of person and that kind of leader. And you're trying to jam your ankle back in place when it went that away. So, so that's one issue. The other one, and I debate how often I should bring this up because I've known Skip Bayless for a long time and I know the real Skip Bayless. And he is a dastardly disease in my profession and beyond. And he's now done it. And this isn't just Dallas. He, he did it, he's doing it to Luka now. He has decided that Luka Doncic is going to be his, his whipping post. And he's going to make fun and poke fun at every turn. Today, Skip Bayless, who is a human hemorrhoid, and I use that phrase with you because you're a doctor and you know exactly what I mean. He is a cesspool, a person. He's a tiny person in every single way, including physically, mentally, emotionally, all of it. They're going to make a movie out of uh, Skip Bayless's sex life, apparently. And I'm interested not only who's going to play Skip, I'm interested who's going to play the blow-up doll. <laughs> oh, keep, keep pulling your punches, Mike. <laughs> okay, so he says about he says about Luca. Frankly, says after Game Three, you know, I'm I've got a lot to learn. I, this is a learning. This is a growing process. It's a learning process. I've got a lot to learn. Skip Bayless goes on TV the next morning and blasts him, saying, "What do you mean you got a lot to learn? Other players have been your so so now you're you're getting mad at Luka Doncic because he admits he's got something to learn." Which is a rare admission. I don't know. I'm, Doc, I'm sure you've raised young uh, men and women who have been around. 23-year-olds, mo most of them don't think they have anything to learn. This one is one of the five best players in the world saying, I got a lot to learn. This, and the reason I reflect back on this when you bring up Dak, when Dak Prescott came out and talked about depression and his, his personal battle with it, um, maybe resulting from the unfortunate death of his mother, maybe resulting from the... Uh, suicide death of his brother. These things can pile up on a guy. And Dak very openly, in a way that may have saved countless lives, said, me too. I have dark days. Me too. And can I swear on this show? Sure. Huh? 
That son of a bitch, Skip Bayless, went on TV and basically said, Dak Prescott is a wussy. How, not only does a, re, does a viewer stick with that, because you're being conned. It's, you're being hoodwinked. How does, an, how does an advertiser hand Skip Bayless a penny after watching him do what he does? And you know, we talk about boots on the ground. I don't know that Skip Bayless has been at a sporting event in 25 years. He sits in his ivory tower and collects his money and takes pot shots at people who are out there actually accomplishing things. It is, it is tragic for the business of sports journalism because, and I'm an old man now, so I can say this. Every 23-year-old out there, and I've got a bunch of them who work with me, the first thing they think how to be a success in this business is, well, you got to be, just, don't you just be outrageous? And I tell guys, I said, you know, when I was coming up, when we were coming up in, out in newspaper, you, but you know what I'm talking about, you didn't get to write a column for five years. You had to write five years of high school volleyball and obituaries and car wrecks before you ever got to have an opinion. And Skip Bayless has, has ruined that. And, and by the way, if he gets an opportunity to ruin lives, if it helps him make a dollar, he'll do that as well. Uh, a, a, a bad at his job and a terrible person. And for people who are going to respond to this, because I know they will, they inevitably do, three of them do, Fish, you're just jealous. Never. I wouldn't trade nothing to be Skip Bayless, because I have a conscience and I need to be able to sleep at night. All right, back to our regularly scheduled program. I, 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 I hear you there, and it's a hot take world. And one of the things that we try and do, and, and you know, I'm here with the crew here and the podcast and so forth, so some of them are listening in. They know that privately, sometimes I express some opinions about athletes where I don't like them, or I don't necessarily respect them or don't think that they're very tough personally but i would never share that professionally or say hey look at this see there this that because you don't know you're not there and 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 you know i have ultimate respect for anyone who's a professional athlete at the highest levels there's a reason that they got there and so i i i'm with you that i i don't go down the road of I think that guy is soft. Yeah, we Doc, might joke about it in the room here, but I would never go publicly with that. You can joke about it as a fan, but you can't actually have ever stood on a sideline of a Texas high school football game and question the manhood of, of the guys that are out there playing. It's a, tr- well, you know, it's a train wreck. It's 60 yeah. train wrecks. Um, I, I tell fans all the time, I wish I could get you on the sideline of a Cowboy game, which wouldn't that be a dream? And I'm only going to get you there for 10 seconds. You're going to stand there on the 20-yard line during a kickoff. And you're going to stand there, and you're going to look, and you're going to listen. And you won't believe your eyes or ears what those guys are doing to each other and how fast they're doing it and how loudly they're doing it. And so, um, yeah, I, you know, like, you bring up Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith is... is is a brilliant at his job and battles through things, um, neck and shoulder and all that. And you're right. He, the, the evidence says he's wearing down. Um, but I'll take, I'll take Tyron Smith on my team as a person and player any day. Uh, your point about Blake Jarwin, it, it really is unfortunate. Uh, and I, I promise the audience, you are right on the money. It, it's really too bad because he made himself into a player. And then now is going to have to do something else. And, and that's unfortunate. Ezekiel Elliott, we reported in October that it was a ligament in the back of his knee. Does that fit what eventually that's was the PCL, diagnosis? That's a PCL, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and 
This medical staff here, and you know them, medical staff, training staff, they're as good as there is. So they managed it as best they could. Uh, and he had, for him, obviously a mediocre season to the point where he, he just obviously wasn't moving like he had been moving in spring and summer. Doc, he was a scat back in the summer. And, and I talked to him about it. He lost 10 pounds and he was working on footwork and elusiveness. And it was there. And then the knee. There's no reason to think he's 26. There's no reason to think that he's falling off a cliff anytime soon. Uh, you brought up Michael Gallup. I tried to explain this to people. I think you have too. Um, the timetable on the rehab on that, you, you're not coming back in, on, on July 28th. It's impossible. Never happened before. So uh, Michael Gallup to miss the beginning of the regular season, that seems like uh, a very safe bet. And so what they do at wide receiver, C.D. Lamb as the number one guy on the totem pole, that's sensible. That should not be problematic. They draft uh, Jalen Tolbert in the third round. And then they bring over James Washington from um, Pittsburgh, where it could be alleged maybe they misused him, underused him. Maybe he'll rediscover himself in Dallas as a receiver. No, that's great. Well, the other great thing about this, and thank you for going overtime and sharing your time so generously here, but I, I'm hoping that since you since you're Mr. Cowboys, and you know, in general, I don't think Cowboy fans like me so much because of my overtime Jalen Smith comments. They really <laughs> did not, and, and I was never bashing Jalen Smith as a player. Yeah. I was just saying. What a shame that this is a generational linebacker that won't ever be the same as a result uh, and trying to tell the truth on that. And yeah. I think time shows that that to be the case. And I'm not undermining the kid, his heart, his oh. tries, his, his, but it, I was always saying it was just a shame. And I think the fervent Cowboy fans always kind of disliked me for some of my Jalen Smith takes. Well, if they really knew you, they wouldn't dislike you. And if anybody really knew Jalen Smith, because he got bashed pretty hard, you know, he, he did not, this did not end well for him in Dallas. And he got the big contract and he just, he just seemed like he, um, like he took some steps back uh, it, it, from wherever he was. But I'm telling you, and, and there's some guys that you kind of allow to have a friendship of sorts. And I have that with Jalen Smith. He is, uh, well, here's what I say about him. If I was starting a company, a football team, a church, I'd want him involved. He, he, he is of the highest character. Uh, and I was sitting there early on in his career watching him and having a conversation with him. And he was open about it. Trying to, he was trying to put on his sock. And he couldn't because his foot wouldn't cooperate. And for him to have come from that to where he is, he's still in the league uh, and, and still hopefully productive giants, I think, right? And, and he hopefully might be a free he'll, agent now. I'm not sure. Yeah, he might, you might be, be right. Um, but, but boy, I love him to death. And, but, but here's, and here's what, what I would say, Fish, on that. And I'm going to say something in support of Jalen Smith. Once again, I don't know him and whatever. I don't believe that the narrative that he got his big contract and then slipped back. Oh, or no. That's not no. it at all. I no. think what it is is he got the big contract. He became more of a target. And quite honestly, what he always was going to be was exposed. A heck of an athlete can yeah. hit the A-gap, but changing direction or out in space, a relative liability because of yeah. that foot drop and ankle. And that yeah. became no, very evident. No, if anybody's suggesting that he uh, that he went downhill because he was rich, 
You, you just, and I'm not saying, I, I don't pretend that that doesn't happen. Uh, that oh, might I've happen to you it, and I've me. I've seen it happen. I'm not saying Jalen Smith, but I've yeah. seen it happen. Uh, I wouldn't blame, I, I, it, it might happen to you and me if somebody ever make us rich. Maybe we, maybe we would, maybe I would have said no more overtime on this. I'm rich. Uh, that's, it, he's just, his character is too high for that. Um, you know, maybe you could tell that if a guy, like a guy gets a little chubby. You should see him with his shirt off. It's unbelievable. He's got muscles on muscles on muscles as, as he's trying to be Jalen Smith. So uh, to accuse Jalen Smith of not being good enough at football anymore, that, that's, you know, that's a film evaluation. That's a scouting evaluation. But Jalen Smith, the person, no, no. Uh, he, he can be the deacon of my church for real. Well, Mike Fisher, thank you very much. Fish Sports, uh, appreciate you and all your, your stuff. And I hope it's not the last time we talk, especially as we lead up to the season. Um, any closing words? And we'll take a quick break afterwards. Uh, CowboysSI.com is where you find our Cowboys stuff. DallasBasketball.com is where you find our Maverick stuff. And then, uh, I'm not as smooth as you, but um, in addition to our radio work, we're now on YouTube, uh, The Fish Report, and we have 50,000 Cowboys fans. So if you want to make it uh, 50,001 uh, Fish Report on YouTube. And, and again, Doc, I, I and everybody that, that knows your work appreciates what you've created. I'm proud to, uh, to call you a friend. Thank you very much. All right, welcome back to the second part of the Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. Welcoming in, in of course, uh, always producer Justin, Jacob, Taylor's here. Uh, guys, good luck following that segment. He was spitting fire there. You guys, what what do you guys got? I mean, we didn't even push him, or, or you know, and uh, he was uh, firing away, blazing, guns blazing in that must listen segment so what do you guys got bring it yeah nothing like uh you know i was trying to cut us off i didn't want to go right now (laughs) (laughs) nothing like 30 years of sports writing experience and hot takes about media personalities and owners and uh you know everything Uh, uh, under the under the sun i was trying to you know thinking 15 minutes and keep it down and i'm not a very good interviewer but I think we could have talked for a lot longer. I mean, we could have gone down a lot of different roads and there certainly was no dead airtime. I mean, it was like his, he's obviously the consummate professional. I felt like I was along for the ride too on on, uh, a lot of that. So big shoes to fill you guys. Where do you want to go now for our our, uh, few minutes? Of course, we'll have a beast of the week. I think you guys picked a good one this week. I, I, I like that. But what about sports? The Mavs, there's not a lot to talk about. The Mavs are, are kind of, uh, Done. They may they may have one in him, right, to 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 send it back. But uh, I guess you guys were showing me or slipping me notes that there's some controversy now with the Mavs. Yeah, I was going to say let's stick with the, some basketball controversy to to stay on the Mike Fish uh, subject. <laughs> uh, there's a play it, we're uh, recording this Monday morning, and the heat, Spolstra heat. just talked to uh, reporters and said there's a play where Peyton Pritchard uh, appeared to grab Jimmy Butler's knee. Obviously, he missed the second half with the right knee ir- irritation that. Popped up in the Atlanta series as well. Yeah, you guys uh, showed it to me there. And um, obviously there's recent controversy about Jordan Poole. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Jordan Poole and uh, Ja Morant, right? And we've been pretty definitive at Sports Injury Central saying the pull by Jordan Poole did not injure Ja Morant, could not have caused a bone bruise. Now, this play with Pritchard, he certainly pulls at Jimmy Butler's right knee and kind of pulls the leg out from under him, certainly causes him to trip, 
But once again, I don't think right. that's an injury. Now, is that a basketball move? I mean, it's certainly a foul. I mean, a foul is a basketball move. Right. I mean, should he have grabbed at him? No, but was he trying to hurt him? I don't think so. He was falling on the ground saying, I got to do something to stop him. I mean, I don't know. In the NBA, would you call that something more than, is this a, is this a one or a two technical or, or I don't know. I think it's a desperation foul, right? I think he was beat, like he was about to get driven past him, right? And he reached out to try to get the ball and he, you know, tugged on it a little bit and he fell, right? I don't think there's anything, I don't even think it's a flagrant. I don't think Jimmy Butler's uh, injury had anything to do with it uh, where he's exiting the game. But I don't know, is that a flagrant one or two? I I don't know. They leave that to the basketball junkies. Doc, Doc, I got a question uh, for you specifically about stuff like this. When they're going back and looking at film, obviously of, of, of the game, maybe they caught this or obviously they wanted to find out maybe when, you know, what, when Jimmy Butler's knee got hurt, they, they caught this. Was that something that you experienced in the NFL where, where players would get injured and you'd go back through the tape and see if you could find it? Uh, well, I did go back through tape. Um, you're bringing up a little – it's a good question. Uh, one immediately <laughs> comes to mind. And if you want to replay the Sean Merriman podcast that when we had Sean on – Sean was injured by, uh, I mean, it happened against, and Sean was over it. They've, he said they've apologized. When I remember when Sean first accused the Titans of dirty play, and then he walked that back. And if you look at it, there's no question he's getting the business down the field away from the ball. Now, to the Titans' defense, he'd say, well, you know, he could get back into the play at any time, and they weren't following. The, the runner had already passed where Sean was. And, um, you know, I'm not saying the player's name, but uh, he was their center, and he was a, a Players Association president. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, he's the one who inadvertently or giving the business ended up hurting Sean Merriman. So, you know, d- does the team go back and submit that to the league and other things? That's above my pay grade. But, yeah, we did look at injuries and what was caused. And, and you know, I'm not saying – in my mind there was no question the Titans were giving Merriman the business. No question. But I think it's quite a leap to suggest that they were purposefully trying to injure him, certainly – injure him significantly or long-term, that's quite a leap. Uh, Send a message to him for that game, I think, for sure, if you go back and look at that play, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So it's hard to to say there. Yeah, that's interesting you mentioned that. I mean, it's come up a lot, this NBA playoffs, the talk of the code and unwritten rules and stuff. I mean, Taylor gave me a book of of, uh, 100 unwritten baseball rules, so (laughs) there's, there's obviously a lot in the history of sports of just guys playing the right way and not trying to injure people. Yeah. And it, like I said, there's, there's playing hard and, and then, you know, the, the, the pulse, of the knee aren't going to injure anybody in those situations, in my opinion. And, and that Titans play, and I'm still blanking on the center's name, but you would all know it. I mean, Kevin you know, Mawawi or Mawai. Yes, How do you yes, say his last name? You. Kevin. Yes. Kevin Mawai. And, and I think Sorry. by all respects, everyone respects yes. him. He's a good guy. I, I don't think yeah. in for one second was he purposely trying to injure Merriman. Was he trying to send him a message? Right. You're not getting anywhere near our guys, and we're going to hit you from all sides and come at you hard that game? Yeah. And 
unfortunately, when he fell on Sean, he got Sean's foot stuck in his belly and then it twisted it. And that's what caused it. But Mm -hmm. I don't, I can't imagine that that was intentional in any way, shape, or form. Giving him the business, absolutely. Boy, that happens on a football field all the time. But I don't think he was intentionally injured. But anyways, I didn't mean to get off on that track. And and for sure, right. uh, Sean Merriman and Mawai are peaceful about it. And the whole, it's not a thing anymore. Even though that changed uh, Lights Out's career trajectory. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's just split split second decisions. He the moment that guys always want to take back. I mean, Dylan Brooks um, talked about. Or Gary Payton wrote a wrote a thing in the Players Tribune talking about Dylan Brooks handled it offline and met him outside the locker room and apologized to him in person and said he wasn't trying to hurt him. So I think it gets talked about a lot in the media, but what we don't see is the behind the scenes stuff and that's because we're not supposed to see it. Mm, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Thanks for, for, for bringing that up. Yeah. When you're in the air, you know, a slight push or pull, you know, and then things happen. And, and, uh, and speaking of which, uh, Warriors advance, we've been saying it, that if they advance to the NBA finals, that's when it's realistic that, Gary Payton too, GP two can come back, and uh, we did have a little fun last week. I think we talked about it on the podcast. People are gonna go crazy. They're gonna see him without a splint or whatever. And the next day, <laughs> no splint. He was at practice shooting one-handed and running around. And people are like, oh, here he comes, NBA Finals, and it looks like it's gonna happen. Yeah, you can check out sixscore.com, uh, SIC score on Twitter as well. We'll have uh, all the continuing Gary Payton the second coverage, uh, including timeline and his six score when he returns and stuff like that, especially with the, the Heat and Celtics series going on. We don't have to touch touch on it too much. I know we're running long. Let's uh, let's go to the Beast of the Week. <laughs> beast of the Week. We'll have some fun in this one. I think I have ex- expertise in this one, and I'll tell you why. So let's play it here. And, uh, you know, some of you may have seen this. Uh, how old do you think this kid is? i got to say five, five, four. Five, four. Yeah, four or five. I want to say six or five. Six. Yeah. All right, we'll go with five. My daughter was four when she started playing uh, and is five uh, before the season ended. So here comes this little kid up, and they're playing walk-up music. Great great choice of song, by the way. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I mean, that song might be older than the kid's parents. but <laughs> I, I think there's no doubt. <laughs> But this kid goes to town. Look at him here. I mean, he's he's got the windmill going. I mean, what's next? The sprinkler and the and the and the shopping cart and you know. Yeah, he's just put. The worm was next. He I mean, just didn't uh, want to get dirty. He's doing the gritty there a little bit. I don't know. Now he's got the old school vaudeville stuff. Yeah. Crossing knees. Hit, I'm impressed by his, his just his knowledge of dance moves. He he hit a bunch of eras just right in a row. But all old school. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't doing the gritty. Yeah. He wasn't doing anything new. He's, he's not dabbing. I mean, yeah. But here's the thing I got to give this kid. Besides, he cranks on the ball. I almost hit the, the parent right there. I don't know if it was his dad or whatever, but he had to get out of the way quick for that swing. So here's why I'm an expert on this. Uh, I coached my daughters. This is like T-ball, right? Well, right. the second half of, this, of the Shetland minor season, they actually did a pitching machine. So the first half, it was all off the tee. The second half, it was you could – do some pitches off the pitching machine. And if you didn't hit it, you hit off the tee. We had the first ever in our league, all girls team, 100% girls. They were called the pink diamond unicorns. <laughs> and I was voluntold to be the head coach by my wife. 
Voluntold. <laughs> I'm adding that to the dictionary. Yep. And uh, I did it because, you know, I've coached the other kids and stuff, and I haven't coached the little one and whatever. And I was like, okay, fine. And I didn't expect a lot. Let me tell you, those girls could hit. Our first game against the pitching machine, there was one little girl who didn't want to try the machine, pitching machine, but the other 10 all got at least one hit. My little daughter, who could barely hold a mm -hmm. bat, was three for three on hits that <laughs> game. And it was the funniest thing. I'd look at oh, her on the awesome. pitching machine. I'd pitch her, and she'd look at me, and I'd look at her, and, and then she'd look at me, and she'd nod, like, okay, I'm ready. And uh, she's so funny. She, uh, I'm like, in practice, I'll throw feet 50 pitching machine balls at her. She might foul off two, foul off two. But in games, she, like, gets hit. So I'm like, what are you, what's your secret? She goes, I just listened to you. I watched the ball. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Tell my son that. No, he actually yeah. cranked some hits yesterday in the all-star practice, but uh, uh, to the fence and almost went over. But my whole point of this, I was a bad coach. I didn't have walk-up music. <laughs> and to this kid's credit, I don't think he's actually hamming it up. Do you? No, not at all. He's a kid. He's having fun. That's what it's But on top to of this is... Oh, this is a delay. That's a delay of game. That's no, a delay no, of game. No, no, but if That's it's a delay of game, go. Taylor, it's on the parent running the walk-up music. Yeah, absolutely. He stopped yeah, the right. second the walk-up music stopped. He wasn't hamming you're it right. up beyond the walk-up music. He took his cues from whoever was running the, the sound, the, the speaker. The second that... Watch it again. The second the music cut, cuts off, he goes right to the batter's box. And he probably makes up for lost times. There was there was no practice swing in there. No, it was just yeah. get out of the way, boom, and I'm gonna hit the ball. So uh, I, if, an, if he's an adult, though, he might have got beaned next at bat. You know, people don't like that stuff. Well, but here's the so other thing. Just out the, the, the reason why I think it's ball. hilarious and funny in the thing, and he wasn't showing up the other team because guess what? No, he was getting a hit whether he dribbled the ball, popped out, whatever. No one gets out in that league at this level. <laughs> Everyone right. gets at least a single. The last batter in the inning gets an automatic home run, no matter how far or how little where it goes. And, you know, which is why I, our girls, we had good attendance. And so we kind of went undefeated because every inning, every girl scored a run. And so I try to say it was expert coaching, but no, <laughs> it was called expert attendance from the moms bringing the, the, the kids in, yeah. to the thing. But there's no showing up there because – everyone's going to get a hit so it's all in good fun i thought this kid was a beast for uh for owning it and uh i just want to know how he learned those dance moves is do you think it was from right. mom or dad because that's not from youtube now because no. that's old stuff that's not right. that's not yes. i don't even know all the TikTok dances and people that what are some of the new dances they have i don't even i'll know. tell you that song right now that song's from the 92 to 94 trust me that that's 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 old that's an old song that's, i know that's, that's what parents, i'm saying yeah. that that's <laughs> mom and dad's <laughs> choice from probably when they were in high school right that's right they, they yeah. say this okay what justin taylor jake what's your music what's your genre typically they say it's usually high school some could be junior high some could be college but typically high school is sort of your your genre that you forever latch on to even if you do new songs and so right i mean yeah that's does, accurate does that fit with you guys yeah I mean, I don't pick up new music. Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, I'm getting to that point right now where it's like, I'm hearing the new stuff and I'm like, man, what is this? What is <laughs> this? feel older by the year. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm hitting that point now. No, what I want to know from CD this kid, in, if I were yeah. interviewing the kid is, were those moms or dads dance moves? Because they aren't his off of YouTube and, and TikTok, right? My, my money's on dad. <laughs> yeah. He, he, dad was a parent. 
dad was all wanted to stop the dance. The dad looked embarrassed. Those are definitely his moves. Right. I respect him for for all that. <laughs> Obviously, to not see one Fortnite dance in any of that, that's pretty impressive for a kid his age to not get any Fortnite that, dance. That's why he's Beast of the Week material right there. I know. He went old school. That that song's older <laughs> than his parents. You know? See, I don't, I don't want to break any yeah. news. Like five times older than here, him. But I think he may be being scouted by the Savannah Bananas. I don't know if anybody knows what that team is, but uh, they're they're pretty. <laughs> they're call. viral for just dancing like that out they're, in the middle. They're of the, the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball, yeah. trying to be. Oh, so yeah, travel, yeah. traveling baseball show. Basically, who knows? He could he could make he might have a future there. I like that. <laughs> That's a good call, Justin. We'll, we'll follow that that scouting track right there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a lead we're going to have to keep an eye on. <laughs> All right, so we had a fun Beast of the Week, but that kid's a beast for not just going out there and having fun, and and I don't think he's showboating. That's my that's my position. He's doing what mom and dad had him do, and and uh, he quit the, the second the music stopped, so that's not showboating. I mean, as long as the music's going, right, then he's good. All right, guys, we had fun there, and thanks for uh, Mike Fisher. Um, it's got, I just call him Fish. I guess everyone calls him Fish. And uh, we'll do more with him. And uh, next time, guys, you got to bring more. You got to come like fish, man. You got to come hard. <laughs> we'll, we'll cook up some takes over the week. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to find somebody. I'm, I'm going to be ready to attack somebody next week. Some Skip ready. Bayless hot takes, whatever. <laughs> yeah. All good. I'm not, I'm not coming after uh, Skip Bayless. That was, you're a listener. That was, you're a listener, Doc. You're, you're just listening. That's it. <laughs> the views expressed by our guests remain those of the guest and not of the management or whatever you want to say. All good, guys. All right. Thanks for uh, joining us. Sports Injury Central podcast. More good content. NBA stuff. NHL. I, I'm surprised, Taylor, you let us go without the NHL. I know you were calling me about I'm that uh, goaltender with the MCL saying, I got to hit this in game. And, and that paid off for you, right? And it, it absolutely did. Yes. They scored three goals in like less than like a couple minutes. So, I mean, it definitely did. And then he's thrown, he's thrown water it. bottles at the guy after the game, too. So he's he's been active. <laughs> and what is your comment? What did you say, Doc? <laughs> no, I, I was just laughing at, you know, because hockey, right? Their injury reports lower by. I was like, yeah, he threw a water bottle at the other player that hurt him. He goes, well, he's, his arm's okay. I mean, it's a lower body injury. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, it is it is what it is. But, yeah, that's a big deal. Goalie injuries uh, right there. And that's MCL, a game for that very team. hard going side yeah. to side. And uh, he's not coming back. So uh, the Blues, uh, not unless they've got this – Second string goalie. They were already not going to win the series, though, Doc. So he was the game changer, and maybe them winning the series. Uh, he's gone now. So, so my I'd question to you, Taylor, it. is: You don't have to tell us the number. How many units okay. did you put on against the uh, Blues in game? Oh, um. So I'll tell you right now: If it's anything injury related, I try to I increase it for sure. But I think it was five. Five. I did units. a lot. Oh, he was a believer. Yeah, it was like a whale. Oh well, yeah, because yeah, because I knew that goalie. I I knew the significance of his injury. You know, like just some of the injuries we get are like, oh, Gary Payton goes down, then it's like, oh, John Morant might go off. You know, there's things that tie together. That one was just like, he's the guy. He's the dude in there. You know. So you went five there, units. You know, that's so. big. So, yeah. so Jacob, what are we getting for lunch next time we see Taylor? <laughs> exactly. Come what, on. You went five units. How much? How much are you going to split off to us here? Ask Jacob. Anytime I see something, I call him and I bring him in on it, and then he knows he's getting a lunch afterwards with the winnings. So what do I get? I just didn't loop you. In on that deal. I know I didn't loop you in on that deal. What do I get? <laughs> what does Doctor Logan? He's the one who first saw it. Call, that's, that's call, called it to my attention. That's true. Yeah. Oh, I, 
Yeah, he was quick well, on Well, Lowe's the one who's – yeah, I wasn't watching the game. He's the one who said, oh, this guy's got an MCL and, and came to me with it. What does he get? No, we got to keep you guys completely separate from that wing, Doc. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, guys. I had to come with gift cards or something when you come to San Diego, I guess, huh? I got to reward everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. And uh, we're going to skip Monday, Memorial Day, but we'll do Tuesday. We already got a special podcast, special guest in studio lined up for next week. Which will be fun. Thanks a lot. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.